0: Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host Robert Butler. I uh, got a lot I want to talk about today. Got a few coaching hires I wanted to comment on. I know Cleveland uh, is as of 11:20 uh, Central Time. The Cleveland Browns still have not hired a head coach. Hello Periscope Twitter. Uh, hello, Facebook. Hello, my podcast listeners. For future reference, this is Robert Butler. Welcome to SportsCope. I, uh, I'll, I'll go over the new coaching hires, particularly the craziness around the uh, New York Giants, particularly that coaching hire there, and then the insanity to that. I will say... Um, of course, Stephen A. Smith, when he – the guy makes – the ESPN personality, everybody, makes $13 million a year. And when he says some of the stuff he says uh, with his race baiting and everything else, I'm going to call him out on it. He, he To me, uh, from what I understand, he's the highest sports personality personality in, in America, the person who just opinionated guy. Highest paid in America. I, I'm, I'm almost for certain that that is the truth, just for like a sports talk, uh, radio, or television personality for an individual job. I may be wrong there, but I'll go over that and I'll go over this Joe Judge hiring. And I was going to sound off on the Panthers for this Matt Rule hiring, but I got to looking at it and I listened to his, uh, a couple of comments from his press conference. And, you know, I have to say Matt Rule is pretty interesting. I got a sound bite from that. And today, uh, this day 20 years ago, is an anniversary of a very special moment in my life. Uh, during the Music City Miracle here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'll talk about my experience at that game and everything that led up to that miracle season that came up just a yard short of getting in the overtime of the Super Bowl that year, uh, that that really led me to the uh, persistence and the pursuit that I have to this day in 2020. It seemed like it was yesterday. I'll get into that. But first, the New York Giants, uh, one of the most historic franchises in the history of the NFL. Uh, a, a franchise known for excellent ownership, stability. Uh, you got names like Bill Belichick as defensive coordinator. Bill Parcells, Lawrence Taylor, although he has some off-the-field issues, want, recognizes one of the greatest defensive players of all time, one of the most proud, respected. They've won four Super Bowls. Only too shy of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, actually, I think I think Dallas has got five. They the Steelers and the New England Patriots with six Super Bowls. There, what? It's just a very um, respected one of the oldest franchises in the NFL. The uh, New York Giants. Very surprised at their decision making over the last three hires, the last three hires, uh, ha- have been really bad. Uh, their general manager seems to be, I don't want to say inc- um, incompetent may not be the right word. Low self-esteem may be, may be more the right word for this job title he has and Dave Gettleman. But first, I want to play a sound bite from First Take on Tuesday. Today's Wednesday night, going into Thursday. On Tuesday, from Stephen A. Smith, comment on the Joe Judge hiring the wide receiver coach from the New England Patriots. I'm going to call him out for this, Stephen A. Smith, but He's not entirely wrong. But here, here's the comment from... Um, excuse me, everybody. I am battling a cold. From Tuesday's uh, Speak for Yourself ESPN. Listen up. You're not
1: trusting black men to lead black men. Because yeah. The National Football League is primarily black. So what you trying to say? What, what are you trying to say? And uh, Again, it's not like this 32 jobs, so... Black folks make up, you know, 13, 14 percent of the population. So that means, excuse me, 10 coaches need to be black. It's not about that. But when you only have three and people who are being promoted are due to their payages, we might have had questions about about uh, McCarthy. McCarthy But nobody questioned his credentials Nobody questioned whether or not his resume Warranted him having a the job There's no reason to bring up racial discrepancies When it comes to Mike McCarthy He's a Super Bowl champion Went to the playoffs nine times in 13 years He's been a head coach on this level before But Cliff Kingsbury can sit up there You didn't bring Urban Meyer basic Or Nick Stavis I'm talking yep. basic vision. You talk about Cliff Kingsbury he got, I don't have anything against that man either But you under 500 on college On the college level You get an NFL head coach job You talk about, I ain't going to bring up before because he was a coordinator in the National Football League. But now there's a wide receiver.
0: Okay, so he has an issue with Arizona hiring Cliff Kingsbury. I thought that was a bad hire, but he opens up his statement. uh, Listen to what he says when he first starts this. Brand. Not, trusting not trusting black men to lead black men now jason whitlock said something earlier on speak for yourself he is no more uh he's a black man he's no more of his, as a conservative um side of things he's from uh speak for yourself and he says that this victimhood mentality of um why more black coaches shouldn't be promoted and everything, maybe making owners and general managers shy away from that sort of thing, saying that they you know, can't handle the pressure or anything. I can't remember his exact quote. But to remind Stephen A. Smith, last year the Miami Dolphins hired Brian Flores, who had only been a defensive coordinator for one year. And he's a black guy. He went to the Miami Dolphins in the same division. And Brian Flores went up to New England and beat New England in New England as a head coach the last game of the season. And, you know, he he talks about the Arizona Cardinals job. Okay, they own the team. Who are you? And I thought it was a bad hire, too. I, I agree with the guy. I thought I thought uh, Cliff Kingsbury from Texas Tech, a guy who got fired from his alma mater, the school he went to, uh, college that he went to and coached at, gets fired. I thought it was a, just because he's uh, has a connection to Sean McVay, who I said was overrated. He's got a point there. And quite frankly, this wide receiver coach, Joe Judge, he's got a point there. But, you know, I I want to talk about this because I'm not really talking to Stephen A. Smith. His mind's made up. Uh, I'm a person, and I want to remind some of my new listeners who grew up in the inner city. I'm a first-generation college student. I went to several schools growing up. It was a very difficult childhood to say the least. Uh, I was uh, living in the projects. I'm living in inner city schools. I was the only white kid in some of the class. I dealt with a lot of racial discrimination, bullying, uh, harassing. This I'm very much understating my upbringing because I'm not trying to get go there with this. But I'm talking to the uh, minority, white, black, whoever, anybody that feels disenfranchised in this country, that in 2019, with the black unemployment being at an all time low, times have never been better for all races and nationalities. It is no longer hip. It is no longer hip to play the victim card. When I first graduated college, a senior year in college, one of my best friends, I've told this story before and I'll tell it again. Uh, a guy named Terrell Clark, we both went to school for uh, uh, mass media communications. I've got a major in communication, I got a minor in journalism. He wanted to be the next Stuart Scott of ESPN, a uh, black guy from Atlanta. His name's Terrell Clark, very good friend of mine. Some of his mutual friends still are my friends on Facebook, went to Austin P. Go look him up. He's a nice guy. I don't know what he's doing now, I haven't heard from him in a while, but this was um, back in 2005, 2004. And Terrell told me that he, in his senior year, he was applying for big jobs like Chicago Sports uh, Weekend uh, sports, uh, not host, uh, sports caster uh, to work in the sports department for an uh, affiliate out of Chicago. That is a huge job for a college graduate. I couldn't get a job in Des Moines, Iowa. From a, I couldn't get a job in Alaska, because mainly because of my regional accent. I looked at it now. But anyways, he's the least experienced a candidate in the Chicago office full of applicants, wait, right before he interviewed. He was hired on the spot. He says, this is his words, not mine. I was the only black guy in there. I was the youngest guy in there by a long shot. These guys were all in their 30s and 40s. Terrell was 23, 22, about to turn 23. They offered him the job on the spot, and he turned it down because he felt like it was a racial quota hire. That's his word, not mine. And me personally, I've told this story before. I I said, Terrell, I would jump on the job, man. Do what all you got to do to get there. That's always been my philosophy, all means necessary. But after I graduated college and I applied for some of the jobs and I I came up with the same situation, uh, I had issues with that, not getting a job, and there were a lot of very attractive women who got uh, sportscast jobs and newscast jobs. I always wanted to be in the news side. Over me, who I felt like, um, even during my internship, Uh, I can tell the way things were going. But you know what? I didn't play the victim card. Later on, I found out I wasn't as sharp as I thought I was. I did not. I wasn't as crisp. I didn't have the experience. I did not want to take the lower job and work myself up. So the point is, don't be a victim, okay? Don't be a victim. And Stephen A. Smith is doing this because he knows it's shock value but your shot value is getting a little bit less and a little bit, and even now, even from now until a couple years ago, his shot value has gone down so much that, you know, in 2000, now I made a note of this, the 2006-2007 Super Bowl between the Chicago Bears and the Indianapolis Colts had two black men in it as a head coach, Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy. Two of the finest people on the planet. Great defensive-minded head coaches. Um, Last year, should I mind Stephen A. Smith. uh, Remember the quarterback issue with black quarterbacks and all that? Patrick Mahomes, MVP in uh, 2018, quarterback. Uh, This year, the odds-on favorite is going to be Lamar Jackson. If it was up to me, I would vote for another black guy. His name is um, Russell Wilson. So it kind of defeats that argument. So he's running out of race cards to use. And then Marcellus Wiley said, well, there's not enough black owners. Stephen A. Smith, his own words, not mine. And I've already looked this up. 78% of the population is white, 13% is black. You know, uh, there was a note that I got in 2019, 41... I think it's like 41 of the 50 best shows broadcast NFL games were the highest-rated games on TV. Uh, I got that wrote down. 41 out of 50 NFL games most watched broadcast games in 2019. That's according to Pro Football uh, Talk. In other words, it's the most popular television show so a lot of people like it from all different nationalities. I saw a commercial the other day where a, a lady, is a woman head coach. So women want to be coaches in the NFL. White men want to be coaches in the NFL. But other minorities, Ron Rivera, his Spanish, he wants to be, he is a head coach in the NFL. The best man win. Quite frankly, I'm not a big fan of the Rooney rule. You should not have to uh, interview someone just because the government tells you to. You should be able to do something whatever you want. It's your business. You you put it together. Michael Jordan owns the Charlotte Bobcats. He can hire whoever he wants to. You know, it's a free country. I shouldn't be obligated to give you a handout. There's a lot more Terrell Clarks in this world than it is Stephen A. Smith, but they're afraid to speak up because people like Stephen A. Smith have the media bully pit uh, to, to sound off. Get the job because you've outworked everybody, because you get up earlier and you work harder, and you have the experience and you're the most qualified. Now I'm sounding off on Stephen A. Smith, but switching gears here. He wasn't entirely wrong about this hire. Joe Judge, a guy that I thought was I thought it was a misprint. I thought I was reading about the New York Yankees because I thought that was Aaron Judge's story. So what are you talking about? New York? Yeah, you mean Aaron Judge? You mean the, the, the Yankees? We're not talking about the Giants head coach of receivers coach, let's read this guy's resume. That's why I said Stephen A., everybody, is not entirely wrong, okay? He's wrong about the race part, which he always is. But uh, this guy was a – he's my age. I'm a few months older than Joe Judge. He was a special team – he was a graduate assistant, Mississippi State, 2005, Birmingham Sutton, livebackers coach. Alabama from 2009-11, special teams assistant. And from 2012 to fourteen a special teams assistant with the Patriots. 2015 to 2018, special teams coordinator. 2019, special teams coordinator and wide receiver coach. And our wide receivers are terrible. But he worked with Bill Belichick and, and, and Nick Saban. So... If, if I'm Dave Gettleman, who I'm predicting will be fired after the 2021 season, uh, season, Dave Gettleman, the general manager of the New York Giants, will be fired after next season, my prediction. What, and, and like I say every, every day, when I, I want to make a point on Sports Scope, everybody, what precedent are you going by? The Supreme Court, all the way down to small claims court, appellate courts. The judges use precedent. The lawyers, the prosecutors use precedent. You know, we're talking about the Iraq, the Iran war. The president uses precedent ideas. The Congress says, well, no, you should, uh, we're using other precedent why you should go to us. Okay. What's happened before? How can we make this case? So, Dave Gediman, I'm asking you what position coach turned out to be a superstar head coach without ever being a coordinator let me ask you that what's the precedent well let me tell you what the precedent is i've recently found in nfl history and it's not going to be pretty okay joe judge uh the cleveland browns are looking for a head coach because they hired a Position coach who was a coordinator for a cup of coffee for half a season. He was a running back coach. He was an offensive coordinator, Freddie Kitchens, for portion of the 2018. He wasn't even a coordinator the entire season. He's been either a tight ends or quarterback coach. Uh, they were 6-10. Uh, the guy embarrassed himself. He embarrassed the Cleveland Browns organization uh, with the Miles Garrett situation. Baker Mayfield's numbers went down. And they're 6-10 and ten with all that talent on both sides of the ball, not just the offense. Remember, Miles Garrett was a number one overall pick. and Virtually unstoppable. Denzel Ward, excellent cornerback. Those are just the young draft picks on the defensive side. Offense, you had Cream Hunt. Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry. I mean, just loaded, loaded on that side. But, uh, uh, Freddie Kitchens, one season, six and 10, cannot handle the job. That's one example. I'm out of Nashville, Tennessee, everybody. Uh, Mike Munchak, excuse me, let me get a sip of water. Mouse getting dry. Mike Munchek was uh, hired by the Tennessee Titans to take over for Jeff Fisher back in 2010. And, you know, this guy was an offensive line coach. He was never an offensive coordinator. Now, he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. And I believe he's an NFL Hall of Famer as a player, as a coach. That's all he coached. He was fired after three years, twenty-two and twenty-six under five hundred record, and that's that's Mike Munchak from Tennessee Titans. Jim son Jim Tom Sula, defensive line coach. He was a head coach in NFL Europe. Never been an NFL coordinator. Never been. Uh, uh, head coach anywhere but NFL Europe. 5-11 the first season. He was so incompetent, he was fired after one season. Okay, what's the other precedent? It's a Bill Belichick assistant coach. Only one to have any remote success. Now, remember, right, Mike Vrabel was a former player, Mike Vrabel was not a a, a, a coach uh, uh, under Bill Belichick. Only one with remote success was uh, Bill O'Brien, who's never made it past a divisional game in the NFL playoffs. I think they'll get smoked this weekend. Uh, Bill Belichick assistance since he has been on the big map as a head coach Since 2001, that's 18 years. And only one assistant from Bill Belichick was remotely successful. And Bill O'Brien of the Houston Texans. So Stephen A. Smith was correct there that. When you hire a position coach all the way to head coach, that's recipe for disaster. And like I said, this guy will be fired at the end of 20. uh, Joe Judge, my prediction, will be fired by the end of the um, 2021 season. He'll get two years. Like like Shermer did. That was recently hired. Dave Gettleman. Will be fired at the end of next season. My prediction. Uh, Colin Coward said he, he he didn't think that Gettleman uh, had the he didn't think that Gettleman had the uh, um, confidence. He has self esteem issues. He he wanted a coach he can run over. He wanted a coach that he he knew he can he he can he, he uh, the coach will feel like he's indebted to him. Yeah, Joe Judge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, that was unbelievable that they had uh, – now, I see why uh, the other day that uh, the fans are upset about Matt Rule from Baylor. I really like what he said in his open and press conference. But uh, the Giants are going to be a mess – uh, they need to fire Dave Guttenman, and they def- this is a bad hire. This guy, they're going to fire Dave, that fire this guy, and the mayor family needs to d- dig in their pockets, find a good general manager. There's plenty out there. There's plenty of people that want to work there. Pay them top dollar, and go get what you got, and go and go get the players you need. Barkley's a decent player. He's probably going to be washed up by the time you get this uh, problem fixed. Uh, We still don't know about Daniel Jones. The Giants, uh, they could still go out and draft another quarterback, but uh, we, we won't find that out until probably another year or two of Daniel Jones. But that was the one of the worst hires by a great franchise. Now, listen to this. Dave Gettleman used to be the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. Why didn't they hire Ron Rivera? Ron Rivera didn't want to work with him. Now, it's not being reported, but that's my guess. Why, you know, so so the rival gets Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera goes to the Washington Redskins. Had one of the worst twenty-year runs of any team in the NFL since Dan Snyder took over, and he goes to the New York Giants, uh to the Washington Redskins. As bad as they are, over Dave Gettleman and the Giants, there's something wrong with Dave Gettleman. There's something wrong other than the incompetent drafting that he's done. There's something wrong there. So I don't know what the deal is with the ownership of the Giants. I don't know if, if Mr. Mora, um, Mayor, whatever his name is, the family, Mora family. I don't know if the son is, is, um, is distracted with business, other businesses other than the NFL team. A lot of the owners are. They got several businesses. Not everybody's like Jerry Jones. It's all in. Not everybody's like George Steinbrenner that was all in on the team. So there's something bad wrong with the Giants, one of the most respected organizations in all of football, up there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hold on, everybody. Let me switch out my time here. I didn't think I was going to be on this this long podcast is back up and running. I have to switch over close to thirty minutes on my podcast. Okay, so. Bad hire for the Giants, not to be a doomsday guy, but in Scope you get true serum, everybody, okay? And that was a bad hire. This guy will be done in two years. Uh, the general manager will be fired next year. Hopefully, the general manager, they let him, uh, they fire him next year and just go ahead and fire this guy. Now, these position coaches, the good thing, Jim Samsula. A uh, uh, 49ers and, and um, Freddie Kitchens were both fired. At one. So if you're lucky, Giants fans, you'll lose every game next year. And the president and the owner say, okay, oops, sorry. We made a mistake. Dave and clean out your office. Joe Judge, clean out your office, I'm sure. Uh, Bill Belichick is still coaching. He'll, he'll bring you back in to help out with special teams and the uh, wide receivers. Here's your money. Goodbye. Uh, Thank you for your time. Here's your payout of your contract. Sorry about the mistake, Giant fans. We got the number one pick again. Now let's move forward. Okay. The other hire, uh, Mr. Tepper, is a fairly new owner of the Carolina Panthers, hired this guy out of Baylor. And, you know, I was going to everybody – Start dogging out this Matt Rule guy because the two games that I saw him pl- uh, coach were the Oklahoma game at Oklahoma, the Oklahoma game where Oklahoma they gave up a twenty-five point lead or some ridiculous lead like that, and then I see them play Oklahoma again in the championship game and they beat them again. Oklahoma did Lincoln Riley, so I wanted to throw him under the bus and call him a reach. And then I went back and looked at what he did at Temple, and he's won Coach of the Year last year in Big Ten. He beat Tom Herman with all that talent in Texas, even though it's a down Texas team, an under, underachieved Texas team. He beat Tom Herman. He beat Matt Campbell, who I see as a rising star in the Big Ten for Iowa State. Uh, a guy that uh, a couple years ago beat Oklahoma in Oklahoma, beat a really good Oklahoma team in Oklahoma, that got to the college football playoff. He beat Gary Patterson from TCU, great coach there. Matt Rule, uh, you know, it says for his record, uh, career record's like 47 and um, 43, which I wasn't impressed by that. But then I look, he only had two losses this year. And I look at all the losses they had the first year and where Baylor was after their firings and everything. This guy's pretty good. I mean, he, he here's the thing. He's an offensive-minded head coach, but he also coached linebacker. So he's familiar with both sides of the ball. He has a master's. Listen to what he says in his opening press conference. Very moving. Very confident guy. Uh, I could see how he won over the owner and, and, of the Panthers and 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 the and the GM and whoever did the interview and listen to his remarks. I was very impressed by Matt Rule and I could see why Giants fans are all bummed out. He is a New York native, but there's something about Dave Getaman that ran him off. He didn't even want to interview up there. Now, of course, he signed a sixty billion dollar seven year. $60 million contract with $10 million in incentives at seventy. I mean, this start, these salaries are starting to get so high and high. They're just out of this world, but it's just what free market capitalism does. What is your market? What does that mean? It means it's uh, what someone's willing to pay you. Somebody's willing to pay this guy a $60 million contract. Okay, listen to this. This is Matt Rule after he took the uh, open and press conference uh, when he took the Carolina Panthers head coaching job.
2: People have asked me you know why the call why the draw why, why do you want to take on this next chapter of your life? Well coach, you had a great thing at Baylor. Why did you want to go to the NFL? And it's, it's really simple to me I start every I start every decision in my life with why and I'll tell you this I love the game of football. I was a kid that grew up in in New York City and and, uh, you know, basketball all around me. And, and stuff from an early age, I loved the game of football. My mom would – when my dad was working, my mom would take me out. And I would say now as I ran a fly route, she'd throw the ball as far as she could. And I would go over and try to catch it. And my dad, once or twice a year, would drive me to Pennsylvania to Penn State and watch games. I, I love the game of football. And football's done so much for me in my life.
0: It's Matt Rowe everybody. I was able
2: to go to Penn State and was not a great player. But I was able to, 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 to in some small part – Contribute to that team I was able then to go on and get my master's degree because of football I was able to get into coaching and Football's brought me in all these places and to meet all these people and it's brought me here today It's a special game. It's the greatest game that there is You walk into a locker room. There's guys of all ages. There's guys from all different parts of the country. There's guys of all shapes and sizes Yet they come together to form a team and play the hardest game that there is to play they play in bad weather They play when they're injured. They play when they don't feel great. They find a way to get it done as a team. It's the greatest game that there is. And as I sat here and was trying to make a decision about my life, I said to myself, Matt, what do you want? And I want to go and be a part of the greatest game
0: at the highest stage. And I just had to figure out where. Yeah, that was a very moving speech by Matt Rule. Uh, I, I was reading the comments. I got that off of a Pro Football Focus, tweeted his um, press conference, and, and that was a minute and 48 seconds there. And someone said, is this guy's dad, is he a minister or something? He sounds like a minister. Well, his dad is a minister. His dad is a preacher. So that's where he kind of got that kind of moving, uh, Ask myself in my life and all that stuff type of comment being from New York city and stuff. And I'll say this personally, I guess that's why it really annoys me about when Stephen, a Smith's of the world want to, uh, muck up, uh, the, the greatness of the NFL, what it does for people's lives, not just the coaches and players, but us fans around the country. I just read everybody that, Forty-one, what is it? What did I say? 49 out of 50 NFL broadcasts with their highest rated TV shows on TV in 2019. And what is that? That's a lot of people from a lot of different races, nationalities, women, men across the country, fans around the country, people that go to church together, people that bowl together, uh, people that work together. Uh, where we can all come together and pull for a team and just talk about the football, the game of the NFL, the greatness of that. And, and, and it, it NFL and the, and the National Football League uh, brings us together as a people, as a nation. You know, it's still the highest rated event on television and broadcasted, stream or TV, which is the Super Bowl, everybody. And, you know, growing up where I grew up, Mainly in inner city and public schools and stuff. That's what got me. A lot of my friends are are, are black, you know, because we, we we talk sports all day throughout, and I I, I it never gets old to me to break down what like for instance I'm out of Nashville, what the Tennessee Titans need to do, or what the University of Tennessee needs to do. They they've got uh, uh I think his name's Cave something a guy that's suing uh, Georgia that's coming back home to Knoxville to play for UT. He's getting in the transfer portal. And you can tell his love for the game. This guy got a master's degree. He won at Baylor. Uh, he, he won at uh, one coach of the year there, won at Temple. He's a fast-track guy. He might not be great there. But that kind of presence is what won that job for him, you know. And and he's just talking about the beauty of the game and what it does to people, sports, and that's I guess that's why it made a lot of us so mad about this kneeling and 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 making uh, the NFL about race and people like Steve, like I said, it it, eighty that's like seventy to eighty percent of the league is black. Nobody cares. Two thousand nineteen. Nobody cares. We just want to win. We want our team to win. We want our team to be competitive. And Jason Whitlock said this great, uh, put this a lot better and articulated more than I could. He says, America needs to emulate the NFL. The NFL does not need to emulate America. The NFL, you have people that are bagging groceries one week and and making $700,000 salary the next week. You know that the, the uh, Marshawn Lynch, he, he got sixty thousand dollars to play. He got off of his couch and went and played to, against the 49ers after being out of football for a whole season, and they paid him sixty thousand something dollars to come up there. What other game can you do that? What an endeavor! You know, a baseball used to be called America's pastime. Now the the National Football League is so. I could see why the Giants fans are upset. This guy really articulated that right, and and, uh, that was a great hire for them. We'll see how it plays out. They need a quarterback. I did read today they may give um, Cam Newton another year. I would move on from Cam Newton. New new coach, new attitude, maybe move him to Chicago or something, or just release the man and let him pick another uh, team for himself and move on from there. There's going to be a lot of big-time quarterbacks available next year. For maybe even Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, possibly uh, Drew Brees and Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota, maybe Jameis Winston for that matter. So uh, a really good hire there for the Carolina Panthers. I can see why the Giants fans are upset, but maybe you get a couple birds in one stone if you're a Giants fan Maybe they just fire everybody next year. Somebody needs a swift kick in the rear end in the Giants' brass. I don't know if, if it's, it's a grandson or whatever. Whoever's calling the shots with the Giants, they need their head examined for for keeping with Dave Gettleman after this, and then him turn around and hiring that. Uh, that's unbelievable. Uh, but my point is, Matt Rule, good hire for the Panthers. Good interview. We don't know how much he's going to win. He hadn't coached NFL, but he has been a head coach, and he has coached this team that's been uh, over their uh, played over their um, heads and played really well. Now, the 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 Cleveland Browns. Okay, you know the Washington has their coach. Uh, I just read the Giants have their coach, if you want to call it that. Uh, Mike McCarthy is taking over for Dallas. They've got their coach. Cleveland Browns are still waiting to hear. uh, Last I read that they were interviewing Jim Schwartz, who I thought would be a terrible hire. Another retread there. Way under five hundred as a head coach before. And, you know, so I made some notes here that your best coaches, uh, I know about the Eric Bellamy guy. He's only been a coordinator for like two years, the guy from um, the Kansas City Chiefs. But your best head coaches are probably in college. I mentioned Matt Campbell, Iowa State. This guy put scrap together a team. I think he used like a defensive player or something as a quarterback and they beat. Oklahoma, a couple years ago, uh, they keep raising his buyout more and more. But if you're you're a billionaire owner that you don't care about all that, you go after the best guy. Interview Matt Campbell, my other interview that nobody's talking about that maybe the Cleveland Browns should look at is uh, quarterback, former quarterback, uh, and, and but current head coach of Purdue. Purdue isn't great, but, the, you know, they they beat when, – when you beat – you see how good this Ohio State talent is. When you beat Ohio State with Purdue talent, you can coach. This guy could work with Baker Mayfield. Jeff Braun will be an excellent hire for the Cleveland Browns. Matt Campbell, excellent hire for um, – Cleveland Browns, or at least uh, interview Dan Mullen of Florida. I thought he would be a good fit for the Cowboys. Be an excellent hire there, or at least interview the guy. So that's three right there that they haven't looked at. They want to look at these retreads and all that. Uh, Jim Schwartz and, and, and maybe maybe the coordinator for, for 49ers, but someone mentioned this. Look at their defensive line. Just got a lot of over-the-top talent there. I don't know about that. Uh, maybe they can go with the defensive coordinator for Baltimore and take Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator from LSU, like I, I was reading that the Giants were supposed to do before they hired the, the, the quarterback's coach or the receiver coach for New England. That's the dumbest sports move of the year, but it's still young. The year is only 10, 8 days old. So uh, Cleveland Browns, Matt Campbell, Jeff Brom, Den Mullen, uh, maybe even uh, the uh, offensive coordinator for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, even though he's better with with more athletic quarterbacks, what he did with, uh, with Lamar Jackson and everything. But we'll see what the Browns do as it goes. But uh, it's not looking good. They're putting the cart before the horse. They need to get a general manager. They didn't get the general manager. Go figure. It's the Browns being the Browns. We'll see what Mr. Haslam does. Uh, Other news. Okay. Today is still, when I started this program, it was uh, January the 8th, 2020. On this day, 20 years ago, everybody, I went to see my first NFL playoff game in person. It was uh, Tennessee hosting the Buffalo Bills. A little bit of backstory there. This was the first year that the Tennessee Titans, quote, became the Tennessee Titans. They were no longer the Houston Oilers or the Tennessee Oilers or whatever you wanted to call them. They played in Memphis for a year, and then they played in Vanderbilt Stadium, a college stadium, a bad college at that, in football, for instance. But this is the first year in the stadium. First year with the new name, new attitude. Uh, myself and my ex brother in law, we went to the very first game that year with Steve McNair, Eddie George. Uh, they they hosted uh, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Tennessee wins in a last minute field goal. Very exciting game. Very excited season. Tennessee makes it all the way to the playoffs as a wild card with thirteen and three season. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars that year under Mark Brunell and Tom Coughlin, if you all, some of you all may remember, had a better record. They won our division. They were fourteen and two. Their only two losses were to the Tennessee Titans that year. So this was in January of two thousand, or January of two thousand. Uh, this was back when the internet wasn't the end all, be all. It Was out. It was the end? i be off. So I got in line at 6 a.m. I want to say on January the 2nd or January the 3rd to wait in line for these tickets. It was very cold. It was 27 degrees outside. I don't know why I did what I did, but at 18, I didn't really care. I waited in line and I got the two tickets. I got, I got, uh, I had $100 in my pocket. I had two 45 yard line tickets and I think they were. I want to say they were at the 45-yard line, upper-level tickets. They were like $45 a piece, And a person offered me – this was a big thing here in Nashville at that time. They were – the line was huge. There was probably hundreds of people behind me. Uh, The local media was there. Radio stations were there giving out tickets. It turned into an event on a cold January morning. I want to say it was like on a Tuesday – the game was on a saturday and i remember getting the tickets and a guy offered me double the face value and for an 18 year old i almost took it but i told my brother i wasn't gonna do it i got interviewed on tv i remember saying thank you jesus i was so excited to go to this football game and going to that atmosphere was electric walking in um bought a t-shirt bought a shirt at the stadium it was 41 degrees and cloudy that day i remember the whole details of that day and i remember the people in front of us this guy in front of us myself and my brother-in-law michael who watched the sports scope uh was talking about how the tennessee titans were overrated the jacksonville jaguars are going to win the super bowl that year And this guy and his girlfriend walked out of the game. It was 16 seconds to go, Tennessee. Uh, Buffalo went down, got a field goal. Tennessee was down in the game. They were down uh, 16-14. to They had three timeouts left, 16 seconds. I told my brother-in-law, I said, Mike, let's just stay here. I just don't think – I can't see the season ending like this. Let's see what happens. We had a good – Al DelGreco was a really good kicker. So – the kickoff happens. Uh, we start to see the play develop in the stadium. We're starting to cheer. We're starting to jump up and down. Uh, we're starting to hug people in the stadium as they're starting to go in. Kevin Dyson's going in for the touchdown. He scores the touchdown. And we're hollering and screaming, thinking that there's no way it's going to get called back. And we didn't know that the, the, the booth was reviewing it. And then once we got the the Buffalo's view, we got all quiet. And then the the ref comes on and he says, "It was it was a not a forward pass. This was a lateral pass. Touchdown Titans." We're saying, "Whoop! There it is!" by tag team. We kicked the ball off to them. They threw the ball around a couple of times. Tennessee did. Our Buffalo did. Uh, Tennessee wins the game. We are hugging people in the stadium. We don't know. We leave the stadium. We're still cheering. Uh, we're hugging people in the streets. You will think World War II was over with. And then, of course, later on, you know, the media put this Music City Miracle title on that play. And I was actually thinking to myself, especially since we made it to the Super Bowl that year. It snowed during the AFC Championship game, and my nieces made a snowman outside. And I told my brother-in-law, I said, if the Titans make a Super Bowl, if we could beat Jacksonville one more time and get to the Super Bowl, I'm going to dive right through that snowman outside. Like like Pete Rose diving in on the um, uh, uh, at-home plate to, 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 win, to win a baseball game, you know, to, to knock over the, the the catcher. You can't even do those plays now. And, of course, they did, and I dove through. It's 25 degrees outside. I dove through that snowman, and my nieces are crying because they made the snowman. My brother-in-law is laughing. And, you know, the next week, uh, Tennessee goes to the Super Bowl, and I remember him telling me he had a dream that Tennessee lost. I said, no, nah, it's a miracle. God wants us to win. And uh, I've never been so down in, in my life, sports-wise, when they uh, came up a yard short, uh, just the score of that. And it was Kevin Dyson, unfortunately, that could not get that ball over the goal line. Now, I remember uh, a few months ago, Jeff Fisher talked about all the injuries that the Titans had. They rallied back from 16 nothing in that Super Bowl to tie it. And um, kind of reminded me of... Deshaun Watson, remember, he came back 16 to nothing on Buffalo and came back and won this game, you know. But uh, Jeff Fisher says, you know, we had defensive players got hurt in that game. And and Clay Travis asked him in a podcast interview, he said, so what, so would you would have went for two? And he's so concerned, he said, no, I would have went for one. And I thought to myself, that's why you never got a Super Bowl. Scared money don't make no money. Don't play scared. You know, if you score – if the Titans score that uh, touchdown there, it makes it um, – it, it cuts it it cuts it to a one-point game. You got Steve McNair. You got Frank Wachek and Eddie George. Spread them out. Steve McNair running in. It would be the greatest Super Bowls of all time. But that didn't happen. Uh, you know, Rams were probably the better team that year. If you look at their offense and everything, every statistic, Tennessee just played way over ahead play with a lot of motion, but uh, I tell you what, that was 20 years ago, and it seemed like it was yesterday. It was a special moment for this city. It was a special moment in NFL history. It's recognized as one of the, last I checked, one of the top 10 plays in NFL history. Now, there's people like Marcellus Wiley who played for that Buffalo Bills team to say that was an illegal four pass. The people in Buffalo who are biased, say that's illegal. Uh, experts have looked at that a thousand times. That was a lateral pass. It was been broken down, computer animation, all that stuff. It was a lateral pass. Get over it. Tennessee didn't win the Super Bowl that year anyways. But that was a great moment. Uh, like I said, you know, the NFL, the love of this game really brings people together. It's a uniter not a divider. And that's why I wanted to keep politics out of this as much as possible. I'm a personal fake, but I go around preaching to people when I'm watching the game. You know, I watch the game. I don't want to sell nobody nothing. I remember watching that movie, um, Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith, his character, through all these... Jha Rations, he was very risky, got to the CEO to take him to the football 49ers game, and they got to sit in the box seats. And this guy didn't have a place to live, but he's sitting in the box seat. He's still trying to sell him something that he's still trying to um, get him to invest uh, in his portfolio. And the guy says, lighten up, man. I'm not going to do anything with you like that. But he got some other cards. He got some other business. But the character of the, the executive, he just wanted to watch the game. It's an escapism, you know? That's what he was getting at. That was what that other person's care, and I understand that. So that is all I have for today. I just wanted to, you know, uh, share that special moment. It it, it was one of the um, more interesting years of my life, that senior year in high school. Uh, The the Tennessee Titans that year had a better – Parade afterwards, then the, the Super Bowl champs. We had a bigger parade. Uh, we really appreciate our football team here. A lot of fun. I'll I cut class to uh, to go to that parade for Tennessee that year. I don't know if that'll happen this year. I, the way I look at it right now, it looks like the Ravens. I think the Ravens will beat them, probably cover, but I'll break that game down on Friday night. Maybe a little bit later, start, but we'll get it started. So that's when I'll be back on. Guys, if you like this show, please share it, uh, retweet it, share it on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you could share it on, uh, you share one of my podcasts here on, uh, you see that Spotify. I'm on Spotify. I'm on uh, anywhere you want to podcast, Google Play, Apple, whatever, through the Anchor app. So that is all I have for tonight. Have a good night, everybody. And again, my quote of the day is, the world don't owe you anything. Go out and earn it. You'll appreciate it more. And don't be a victim in 2019, okay? Have a good night, everybody.